0: Welcome to the Occupational Safety Leadership Podcast, episode number 113, with Tim Potteroff, also known as the Ergo Guy. Uh, first off, Tim, am I saying your name correctly? Uh, Potteroff. Pa- say that one more time, Tim. Potteroff. That's just... going to be really hard for me. How about if I just say Tim for now on? That's quite all right. <laughs> that's just, that's okay. Thank you, Tim. Uh, can you take a couple seconds and tell the audience um, about yourself?
1: All right. Well, um, yeah, but my background's industrial industrial engineering. Um, I started off as a manufacturing engineer, um, worked at Texas Instruments for, for a while in defense electronics. And then I'd always been fascinated about ergonomic with ergonomics from my one of my professors, Steve Cons at Kansas State University. And so I was able to go back to grad school after TI and and study under Cons and and uh, Dr. Margarita Ruiz who is my major professor and and Dr. Paul McRae and I got to study more ergonomics learned about a little bit more in depth in the field and uh, my first ergo job was actually at Alcoa's uh Warwick operations in southern Indiana. It's you know, it's a fascinating place. They uh, smelted about 100,000 metric tons of metal a year. Wow. They um, recycled a billion cans a year. And this is in the early to mid 90s. So um it was, wow. it was an incredible place. They had their own um, dock and port on the Ohio River. So the barges would be, barges of Illumina would be shipped. Um, they'd be refined in either Australia or Brazil. And then they'd be shipped to the southern, to the Gulf Coast of the U.S. and uh, refined into Illumina War. So the bauxite would go to Illumina. Then um, they'd be barged at the Mississippi and Ohio River Star facility. It was really fat. We had almost 4,000 people on site. We had about every ergonomics issue under the sun in that place. And mm-hmm. I just, I had some really good mentors from, from an, a general safety side. We had each, each of the smelting, the um, casting, the rolling and the finishing areas had a, had a safety professional and those folks just taught me so much about just general safety, you know, from, you know, how to put your ear plug in right to You know, don't stand under a suspended load, those sorts of things. And then I spent uh, about 22 and a half years at Zurich Services Corporation as a field consultant. And, you know, there I saw, you know, I was in mines 900 feet below New Mexico. I was processing on processing flat platforms, 13 stories above Baton Rouge. You know, I've gone from Tokyo to Tupelo to Topeka, (laughs) you name it. and then um, I've been independent since 2017. About so about gosh, can't believe it's been seven years. I to provide ergonomic services. And I've got a team of independent folks I draw on, and so we all work together.
0: Oh, awesome! Good, good, good. Well, sounds like you, you've you basically have seen it all and done it all at this point. And just
1: about hopefully, an ergonomics.
0: <laughs> hopefully, my questions are not too easy and basic for you. Um, So when I went to school, um, Mm -hmm. uh, the ergonomics was still kind of like this little like voodoo type monster. Like they kind of knew it did something. They kind of knew it hurt people. And even to this day, I I really think I'm doing a great job of doing ergonomic assessments. But I really struggle with how do I know it's really effective? Um, And Mm -hmm. maybe it's just uh, it's just me just being a nerd and focusing on math. And because Mm -hmm. I can't I can't put a number on it. I really struggle with that whole thing. Yeah.
1: And I think that's where we have an advantage today that we didn't have 20, 30 years ago, is there the researchers have done a really good job of developing some methodologies we can use that are relatively, you know, user-friendly to give us some some numbers, some to quantify some 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 magnitude or order of magnitude of risk of the job. Then we can go back, we can do a pre pre-assessment, we go post. Post fix assessment, if you will, to say, okay, where where does the risk has it stayed the same or has it gone down? And I mean, that's from a more of an industrial aspect. If you look at the office aspect, um, generally, generally, it's it's almost an immediate relief because it's it's easier to make an, an on site immediate adjustment to a person's workstation. There, uh, and and yeah, I'll give you a little bit of gap after this if you want to one one person I did her assessment and um, made some adjustments and she's, wow, I need a cigarette but um, she felt so good. <laughs> so, anyway, that was uh, you know when when people have a smile on their face that like gee, I feel so much better and then their neighbor wants wants to have help but that's that's the beauty of the office assessment and in, in the industry, it's a lot more
0: difficult. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, Especially, Mm -hmm. especially when there's like a a fixed station, there's a um, mechanical press, it may be a conveyor belt, that kind of stuff, of course, Mm -hmm. is a little more difficult. But uh, for the audience, let's just kind of go back and we'll uh, unpack like the very first uh, steps. So I'm going to assume that I'm that I'm a person with pain. And I'm going to say, Tim, I think I I think I have a lot of pain. Is there anything that you can do to help me? So let's just kind of walk through like the uh, the beginning steps and just kind of look yeah. at the process.
1: Well, first off, we'd probably say, okay, where are you having pain? You know, I think that's where, where are you having problems? What you know, is it your neck? Is it your shoulders? Is it your back? Is it your hands and wrists? Just to figure out, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on with the body. And and I like to just step back and. Then and just watch how person works. Um, I, I, have, I have a friend growing up, he uh had a sign above his desk that said, I work fascinates me, I can sit and watch it for hours and hours and hours, and pretty much <laughs> what I do, I watch other people work,
0: right? Right? right.
1: <laughs> and um, but seriously, we you know, I, I take photographs, I'll take video just to see what's going on. You know, are they making an extended reach out to um, a fixture? Um are the materials placed too low or too high? You know, and then why? Why is this happening? Why are these things occurring? So generally we can we can narrow it down if we know what's going on with the body. And, and a lot of times, um like I said, just watching people work. Um for for a time during my Zurich years, I I can't believe it. I probably visit 100 to 150 client locations in a year at a minimum of about 10, say, workstation assessments. Um, on average, so I've right, I've probably gotten the chance to do about thirty-five to forty thousand workstation placements wow. over the years. We start adding, doing the math, and um, it's it, it it comes becomes second nature. Um I can't go on a one of those complimentary plant tours anymore, and not my, my brain just kicks in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Even
1: my kids will say, "Hey, yeah, well, that doesn't look good." My my son will mm-hmm. draw. Stick figure cartoons on um, on takeout boxes, just to <laughs> you know. Get a gig. But again, it it boils down to a you know seeing what what people are doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it, and then seeing if there there's anything we can do. Sometimes some you know sometimes it might be a material placement or a tool, simple design change to a tool. Um, we did a lot of work with hand tools when I was at Alcoa. Um, because we had these massive smelting pots. We really needed to mechanize more of the work, but it was going to be a $12 million project. That wasn't going to happen. Uh So we had to say, okay, what can we do? You know, I, I, um, when I do workshops, I go through an exercise with folks. Okay. um, And I give them three levels of spending they're allowed to do. Okay. use, You know, what can we do on the cheap with what we have available today, you know, within the facility what can we do if say we go to a a hardware or home improvement store and get get some a tool or or a piece of metal or some wood and, and make some adjustments and and then what's what can we do for capital what do we what do we need to do for capital fix and so i try to i try to break things down and so, so to the short-term medium-term long-term types of things that we can do like you say sometimes we don't have a lot of of Wiggle room because because of the of a process of of equipment, but it's always I think it's always important for our companies to put things on a bucket list, long term bucket list.
0: Right, right, right. Um, I know that many times I can I can do some very fast like interim things. As I'm waiting to really engineer out the hazard Mm -hmm. and really get some money, Um, I always get that money. I never get it as fast as I want, of course. So I always have to focus Mm -hmm. on, like, what can I do now to really help Mm -hmm. people? But I try to try to also Mm -hmm. focus on. um, Just know this is just a interim step. We really have Mm -hmm. more to do because uh, I really don't want people to think that we're just trying to get them to um, shut up. You know, and then we'll just go focus on something else because it Mm -hmm. really does take it takes some time and some money, you know, to really do things then.
1: Yeah. And Um, and, and one of the things I try to focus on is is saying, okay, how is this going to affect KPIs or key performance indicators? mm -hmm. Um, If we look at we don't have somebody reaching quite so far or doing as much bending, you can save a certain percent of labor hours and gives a person the, the person's body a chance to recover and if i'm working in that awkward position or have a high force exertion i'm going to wear out a lot more quickly than if i am working in an optimal strike zone um position so so i always, always say what what can we how can we impact productivity how can we impact um things like quality because again if we can eliminate this material handling step and oftentimes we can then the less we handle something, the fewer times we have the chance to drop it.
0: Right, right, right. And right. so it's a
1: qual- there's a quality role, quality piece in there. And there's also there's also an overtime and scheduling piece. When when people get hurt, especially if they're unrestricted or, or a, a, away from work, they can't do the job. Then we have to a company has to schedule somebody else to fill in. And what happens then is you start having a lot of times over overtime. And study, you know studies show um, and, and I've seen anecdotally at clients is that the more hours they, a person works, it's almost directly correlated to the number of soft tissue injuries and illnesses that are, are being reported. So. Um,
0: oh, wait, uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I had not, I had not seen that or uh, yeah. heard about that before. Yeah. Oh Interesting.
1: It, Over time slash hours worked. And oh, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. So again, okay.
1: if, we can, if we can keep help people healthy in the first place, and that's where prevention through design comes into play, and, and the challenge with that is, ninety nine percent of the time I have to come in after the fact, but um, but where where we can design processes well in the first place, we we don't have that as much of that that negative impact from from injuries and illness exists. What happens? Is it sort of becomes a um, an endless loop, a self fulfilling prophecy in that we just can't get out of that cycle of overtime and injury, injury and overtime. Right, right, We're
0: right, just, right. Stuck in that rut. Right. I've been able to uh look at some brand new processes and and uh how that how that they're going to go back and optimize tools and machinery mm-hmm. and all that and um a lot of times the vendors are really good about working with you but every so often I just find a vendor who's just like this these these things are selling like hotcakes I'm not gonna uh-huh. adjust a single thing on this Um, Mm -hmm. so sometimes you do find a vendor that's very positive, proactive. They really want to help and Mm -hmm. others. Um, I don't think it's that they really do not want to help. Uh, they're just short staffed. Everything is selling great and they're just not Mm going to rock, rock that, rock that boat. Everything's going great for them. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think I'd like to, so the one thing that I think about when I think about, uh, things there like carpal tunnel. I mean, uh, things are like injuries is we all think about carpal tunnel. And so you've done, let's just say 35 or 40,000 of these, um, assessments. What are some of the other big ones that really kind of jump out to you that maybe, you know, me and, and the, uh, audience, we just, we just don't think of. Shoulders and backs.
1: Oh, um, it's shoulders and backs get, get, get folks a lot, whether it's, you know, a lot of forward bending for, for lifting and. Uh, the Ohio State did a study, gosh, about 20 years ago, where they took fresh frozen cadaver spines and hooked them up to fixtures and started flexing them, and then they ran MRIs at various um, angles of, of flexion or bending for bending. And if the, their estimation is with a, even with a light load, with a person lifting, there's about a 20 to 50 times greater risk for back injury in that position than if a person's able to work in an upright posture.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: that's the thing. Um, I think it's McLeod. I think it's a 1999 book um, stated that when, if I work with my hands consistently at or above shoulder height, I have about a 10 times greater risk of shoulder injury than if I'm able to work at elbow height. Mm. So that's, that. you know, those are sorts of things um, that come into play. And, and, you know, I see that a lot. I mean, I'll go into a client and if you know, we'll look at the data and and so If it's a lot of times, it's focused on one area of the body and sh- like one client I'm work I've been working with for quite a while, is shoulders and they're they're making good progress. And I keep, have to keep bringing back shoulders, shoulders, shoulder, just making sure this is this is where your people are getting hurt. And and it's it's you know I've been working with their engineers, I've been working with their supervisors, with their with their hourly rank and file employees. And um, we're actually making some good progress, but, you know, just say, okay, focus as one of my professors, Dr. Kanji used to say, you focus on the rocks in the stream that you can see. And then when you take care of those rocks, you lower the water in the stream and you see, see more rocks. So you, you focus on those priorities. Okay, where, you know, where are the issues? And again, a lot of times there are organizations where, where folks will say, well, injuries are just a cost of doing business. But... If you look at the impact on the business um, over from the research I've, and, and actual data, I've seen the average days away case relating to days away cases, 40% of all days away cases relate to soft tissue slash ergonomics or job design issues. Um, 40% of the severity or cost of all days away cases, um, apply to the soft tissue slash ergonomics cases. So if I'm I'm and the average cost is about of these cases is about twenty five thousand. So if I have you know if I have an operating margin of ten percent, then I have to sell two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth more of more worth more of widgets to break even to earn that cash to 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 pay for that one claim. Right. And then, and that, that sort of ties back into the overtime too. We have to keep running production, 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 because we're We're not just running production for profit. We're just trying to pay that claim to break even. Because most most companies, if you look at the world of workers' comp, they're they're unless they're a guaranteed cost program, their deductible is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, if not more. So it's like if you know, if your car, you might have a five hundred dollars deductible. If you have an accident, five hundred dollars is out of your pocket. Well, it's a quarter million. You you almost have to permanently disable permanently totally disable or kill somebody occupationally wise to hit that $250,000 deductible.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so so that sounds like that's a, a very good a very good strategy for people is to sit down and have that and have that money tied to that accident mm-hmm. thus then the accident yeah. is then tied to um, production and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, okay.
1: Oh yeah, this is how many more widgets you have to sell. And the numbers are um, incredible. Generally, it's about two hours of production. doesn't Doesn't matter where I am, whether it's distribution, manufacturing, whatever. It's it's pretty fascinating. It's it's I, you know my background is engineering. I'm
0: numbers guy, so it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, I um so most most of most of my stuff it's just office things. But mm-hmm. I definitely know that when I'm doing projects at home, I'm doing something on my car, just little things like that, where I have my, I have my shoulders up and I'm doing something, you know, it's not that bad at first, but eventually it's really mm-hmm. hard. It's, it's really hard to uh, keep going. So I got to assume anybody who's doing like some overhead work, um, electricians are running wires and conduit and all that. That has to really be hard on people.
1: Any Anything. And I, I see production operations of, of that sort. And, you know, it's, it's, I think that the, the, um, the challenge is design engineers don't know what they don't know. Right. Right. And I remember doing a course for engineers. Oh, late 90s, I think. And it was, it was a full day of workshops and things. And and everybody left and I was cleaning up. And this engineer had gotten in his car. He, he started drive drive away. He circled back in the parking lot, came back in and says, you know, thanks for not wasting my time. This is valuable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that took yes. a lot
1: of courage for him to do that.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. Well, I think that some people feel so much pressure. Um, and sometimes the pressure is self-induced and not always company, company-type company pressure, but they feel that pressure that they just got to get this done, you know? And it's really hard. Now, it isn't even, you know, It could it could have been like equally like quality. Mm-hmm. It could have been a meeting about production that they don't want to mm-hmm. be at, you know? There's, there's, yeah. there's a lot of other things too out there.
1: And, and it's, it's that sometimes I don't think, how do I say this? I believe they feel that if they have to ask for outside help, that they're less valuable to the organization. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. And, and and that's where we get into trouble. And, oh, yeah. And they say, well, they go with these assumptions. Frankly, um, you know, my sister and her husband are mechanical engineers, and so we talk every once in a while about stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'll ask her, so you know, I remember one time asking her, so did you ever take ergonomics classes in college? And we went to the same university and, mm-hmm. and no, it was an elective. And, and if I have to take, and it I'm not going to take another engineering class. I'm, I was going to take something fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, it's, so that's one of the challenges, you know, from, if we look at academia is unless you're in an industrial and system in, systems engineering program You're probably not going to have some sort of ergonomics course, even basic stuff. And so and that's where I find um, I have some of my best successes in doing training for engineers saying, hey, you know, here's here's some things. Here's some numbers you can work with. And, you know, let them do some discovery themselves. Um, Right, right, right,
0: right. And sometimes people, um, like you said, if you don't really know that there's a problem. Um, you know, you think you're designing things properly, you're doing things, you you may mm-hmm. not get that, you may not get that feedback from people who are buying your stuff, people selling your stuff, so, you. so, so, do, so, do, so do you, you're just, you mm-hmm. know, making it and making it, there's no, there's no yeah. issue out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and product design's a whole other um, animal that, you know, I, I, We'll get some things like, oh, this was not put together very well or or those sorts of things. And I I pretty much focus on the industrial and office aspect and hospitality, too. Um, you know, one, one of the things I've I've learned is that different industries, if you will, place different emphasis on employee health and safety uh-huh, uh-huh. and, and um, you know, even, you know, I'm, we've talked a lot about manufacturing and a little bit about the office and, you know, I've, I've done, we've done hundreds of assessments in the hospitality sector and and I gave a talk um, a couple of years ago and I'm given a similar one, but I'm not using the same title, but I said, hospitality, the industry, ergonomics and safety left behind. Um, so there's, there's so much need out there um, in the, in the world, but that, that where people are. Are hurting um, the jobs are difficult. They're low wage jobs, uh, particularly performed by uh, minorities some some who haven't been in this country very long, and so they're afraid to stand to, to, to raise their hand and say, "Hey, I hurt."
0: Right, and, right. And
1: so I, it bothers me when I go into the site. Doesn't matter what you're doing, what a company's doing, and they say zero lost, zero injuries for three hundred and ninety nine days, and I start looking at the job, and It's like there's no way that's right.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, right, right, right. I know,
1: I know. You know, I was like, I, I can't say that per se. Like, like I, I don't really, you know.
0: Right, right, right.
1: It, it doesn't make me comfortable, especially right. when I keep see their operations. Some places I can go into, and it's like, okay, yeah, I believe you, but um, mm-hmm. but I, you know, a lot of cases, um, people are not reporting stuff, and I think that's that's really important for people who hear this if they have an issue that they think may be related to work, report it, get it on paper. And, you know, we can, you know, I've gone in and I've done assessments and there are times when, the, when the assessment said, yes, there is a potential work related causal cause. And other times I said, I can't find anything that's related to the work.
0: Right. But right, right. just,
1: but just let us take a look and, and confirm.
0: Right. Right. So I think that it's really super um, important that as soon as something kind of starts to creep up, you just get, you, you get on it as quick as possible. Uh, I do know some people have a little bit more pride and boy, they mm-hmm. really don't want to say, you know, Hey, I just don't feel comfortable. I'm tired. I'm a little beat mm-hmm. up. I'm a little. So I do think that with uh, others and I put myself in the same boat, you know, like when I was young, I would never tell anybody that I was hurting because I was like, well, but then everybody's going to know that I'm actually human and not, mm-hmm. you know, and not this great guy that can go all day. You, know? you mean so... you're not Superman? <laughs> no. <laughs> And now that I'm, and now that I'm older, the slightest the latest bit, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, now, you know, mm-hmm. I'm uh, into it. So,
1: and, and and you bring up a good point about taking care of things because I, I was able to sit about a year and a half ago through in a, at a talk by Dr. Mary Barbie of Temple University. She's a cellular biologist, and I know she dumbed her talk down for us in the group. I mean, it went over here, so I, I, I just took about four or five pages of notes because then I knew I could go back. And and dissect them and and one thing she said, especially with soft tissue injuries and illnesses, is you a person to to avoid scar tissue on those soft tissues, you need to address and mitigate the the swelling and and pain within six weeks of onset of symptoms.
0: Oh, that's pretty fast, actually.
1: That is, mm-hmm. the, I mean, and is... usually folks will wait two three weeks, and after that, you bam, you're you're halfway. Halfway there. And The other piece oh. is, and I know we don't have all day, but I want to bring it up: is soft tissue, musculoskeletal injuries and illnesses are a leading factor in opioid use, abuse, addiction, death. Um, oh, because opioids are often used to treat treat the pain.
0: Right, and right.
1: And, and women tend to be more more apt to be prescribed or, or become addicted. And it creates so many, so many issues. That and the traditional rice therapies aren't necessarily as effective as one would hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Dr. Barbie's talk was just excellent. And and I actually um, I'm giving a talk on MSDS and opioids at the ASSP Region Four conference in, Nor- in Orlando in May. Um, but I think that's something we we have to to bring out to. It's it's the it's the not. Fun side of ergonomics is
0: a serious side yeah 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 i had never even 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 kind of thought about that um about well everybody has pain and you, you have to do something for this pain so you
1: gotta listen to your body
0: yeah. listen to your body
1: and um you know and and just get help it's okay to get help and and that's where you know you want to believe we want to believe that everyone has a safe work environment in which to ask for help um that's not always the case right. and so um that's that's what we still we still struggle with but um but we just have to keep after it and folks have to keep asking and till they till they get the help they need
0: right 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 well tim i think that this is a fantastic stopping point for us i'd like to bring it back for a part 2 and we can focus over on the there the uh, uh, the opioids and uh, ergonomics. I think sure. I want to sit down and educate myself more so that I can ask some better some better questions <laughs> for the future. Okay. Uh, but let's if you could take a couple seconds and let folks know where they can find you out there.
1: Okay, I'm LinkedIn uh, Timothy Podorf, the Ergo Tim, P-O-T-T-O-R-F-F, and um, you know you, I'm also have a info at QP3 ergosystemscom that's probably the best email the easiest way to reach me my 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 double letters of my name but info at qp 3 ergosystemscom or look me up on linkedin probably the best two ways or my number 847-921-3113 and that goes directly to me no voicemail no 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 um no push one push two push three it just goes, <laughs> and goes directly to me <gasps>
0: perfect perfect Perfect. Well, thank you so uh,
1: much for the time. I appreciate it, David.
0: Tim, thank you, thank you so much. And um, yeah. I'm going to need some time to do some research, and I definitely want to have you back for a um, uh, part two. Thank you sure. so much, Tim.
1: Sounds uh, good.
0: Thank you. Have a great day. Uh, all right. Uh, okay, Tim. Thank you so much.